When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Monday Matinee on the Mutual Audio Network, hosted by Pete Lutz. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance recommended. And welcome to the Sonic Society, the world's massive showcase of modern audio theater. And this is episode 589. And I'm Jack Ward, recovering slowly from a very, very crazy week. And I'm David Alt. Oh, <coughs> oh yeah. Um, <laughs> recovering from more than just the week. Uh, but are you finished your exams and everything yet? Yes, David. That, that was last week. And marks and grades and comments are in. And if you listen carefully with your imagination, you can hear the rotors and wheels of report cards being printed off all across the Canadian nation. Wow. And um, from the sounds of things, you're, you're still a, a little rough. Yes. Well, I, I happen to have caught a not not nasty, a nasty cold from my darling wife. <laughs> and, and of course, I've been fielding questions and requests for the Mutual Audio Network. And uh, let us not forget your birthday this past Saturday. I did have enough energy to go out for a lovely luncheon with my, my darling wife. And then again on Sunday with dinner with my sister. So how was your week? <laughs> well, the highlight of my week was definitely Pod UK, um, a lovely convention uh, in Birmingham. Uh, where the, a whole load of uh, podcasters came along. We had a, a good showing from the No Sleep podcast. Uh, awesome. James, Erica, Yawn, one of our artists, Henry and Megan, who are two of our writers, Brian, who's another voice actor, Gemma, who is a writer, etc. So we've got a, a lot of people from No Sleep. Wooden Overcoats were there. Lovely. The guys from Middle Below were there. Two of the Rusty Quill wow. were there as well. Uh, and it was a day of showcasing, panels, meet and greets, all of that sort of thing. It was, it was a really lovely weekend and i'm i'm just <laughs> I'm, I'm just getting myself back up to, <laughs> to normal was there sarah golding and the sarah Scottish golding podcast yep and fiona, fiona frail was there thrail. well now we've put a light to our busy pursuits it's time to light the lamp for tonight's feature uh would that be a trilogy of the excellent lamplight radio plays from andrew wardlaw absolutely absolutely and it all begins right here on the sonic society i think i'm gonna need another lozenge i think i need a nap This is the Lamplight Radio Play. I'm not here because I like shitty dance clubs. I'm not here because I'm some kind of fucking cliche. It's about feeding. I haven't had a decent meal in weeks. Excuse me. This is the longest stretch I've ever held out, and I'm so fucking hungry. I've hit the timing right on the nose. Every part of me is primed. Just can't blow all at once. I'm soaked in the smells of this club. Metal, 
copper and iron. Salt. From both sweat and tears. And there's the faintest whiff of fresh decay. Yeah, there are other smells, sure. Stale beer, dirty leather, but I'm not here for those. Excuse me. People keep touching me. Their sweaty skin brushing against my shoulders. Now and then a hand on my back or my ass or my tit. It's not unexpected at a place like this, but whatever, I don't care. What I'm looking for is upstairs in the room past the second bar. A small crowd is waiting there. I press close, peer over their shoulders. In the middle of the room, there's something resembling a dentist's chair. And laying on it is a woman. She looks young, black tank top, jeans. Next to her is a guy sitting down, big guy with big, black, thick beard. He's wearing latex gloves and arranging about a dozen different needles on a little cart. He's making a little show of it, tapping them each on the tray. This is what I'm here for. But not how you would think. You ready? Yeah. He pinches the skin of her upper arm between his forefinger and thumb and drives a needle through it. <sighs> There's barely any blood at all. This guy's an expert. He picks up another needle, does it again. Oh. Christ, she's gorgeous. Ah. This is gorgeous. Oh. Now he's made a four by four grid on her arm. He pushes at the needles, flicks lightly at the ends, and he's destroying her. It's just a patch of flesh on the upper arm, and it does this to her, and I have to lean against the wall. Part of me always wonders if this is a mistake, if I'm tempting myself too much. And that's why I'm here. The torture of coming so close to what you want, what you need, still not having it. It wasn't always like this. Believe me, I didn't start out this way. There's lots of steps to your becoming. No one else can see the change. Outside your skin, you look like all the rest of them. You pass, you blend, but they don't know you. And because they don't, they think they love what you are. So there are TV shows and best-selling books, which is annoying, but I get it. There's violence and death deeper than death, but there's also a romance, right? Fear isn't that far from arousal. He pulls out one of the needles. Holy shit. Small beads of blood fall from holes and trickle down her arm. I close my eyes, bathe in the scent, her sweat, exposed blood. It's just a few drops, but it's potent. This is perfect. You okay? I open my eyes and the woman is staring at me. Hey. Hey, are you okay? Yeah. So let's go get a table then. She walks off and doesn't look back. She must be assuming I'll just follow. She's right. She leads me to a small booth by the upstairs bar. She leans back and studies me. 
You were watching me with the needles. So were a lot of people. Not like you. You were looking at me like you wanted to eat me alive. I like the view. I'll say. I imagine hurling her against the wall, or even better, slamming her down flat on the table and getting my teeth in her. Not slow or delicate, but pieces of her everywhere. It wasn't even that intense a scene. He did a guy's entire back one time. I know. So, what's your deal? I can sense that I'm not getting out of this without some version of the truth. So... The blood. The blood? It's just a thing. What do you do with it? I don't do anything. Well, I mean, do you... I don't. I don't get it. I like to be near it. To want it, but not like... No touching, no tasting. I like the denial. Does that make any sense? Yeah. She stands up and leans across the table. Have you ever done that with someone who knew what you were doing? Let's. I want to. <sighs> Where should we go? No. Her lips are cooler than I expected, and she tastes of sweat and sugar. <sighs> Don't bite. Don't bite. Where? Your place? Bad idea. Mm. Before I know it, my hand is between her thighs, and I back her up into a wall. Mm. I've never pushed <laughs> myself this far. You got a car? Yeah, but... Where? Allie. At the beginning, there are dreams. Nothing clear at first, just glimpses. The jagged edge of a broken bone. The delicate pink of torn flesh. Pools of blood. In the dreams, you plunge into it all. Then the dreams come when you're not sleeping. And the thing you're hungry for, starving for, is within your reach. You have no choice. You just have to take it. Then you understand that you're a monster, but you have to keep it inside. Your very nature isolates you. Eventually, you reveal yourself to a chosen few. And for those few moments when you're feeding your hunger, you make a connection. Of course, they don't realize that they've been blessed. <laughs> They're too busy pleading for their lives. We stumble around the backside of the building. The club's in a mostly deserted industrial park. Broken glass on the ground, plastic bags float around. I parked a good way away from everyone else, just in case something went wrong. Right here. She leans back against the hood, peels the gauze off her arm. It flutters to the ground. Jesus. You have a knife, don't you? I take my knife out of my pocket and hand it to her. She flicks it open. You don't fuck around. Stay there. She presses the blade against her skin, and it's a quick, smooth slice. The blood rises. Just look. She does another one. Yeah. And it's too much. 
Before I know it, I've grabbed their hips and I'm shoving her onto the car. You want this, don't you? Fuck. Fuck. People saw us together. There's cameras for sure. I can't let her get away, but if I kill her, I won't get away with it. But she knows. There's someone in the trunk. No point in lying. I put him there. Why? I'm gonna kill him. It's what I am. And then she smiles. And I notice how long her incisors are. She lifts up her arm and licks the blood off. He's making a lot of noise. He had been drugged. Yeah, but it's so hard to get the dose right. Hey, unlock the door. I'm coming with you. There's a final part to your becoming. One you won't be aware of until it's already happened. Until then, you'll feel so alone. But then you find someone else out of their own nightmare. And I can finally stop teasing myself. Because now I can share. I'll go up. Don't want to get pulled over. Always do. Get out of here. Get out of here. Please. Oh, God, please. That was Are You Sure What Side You're On, based on the story by Sonny Moraine, which you can find in Volume 5, Issue 1. Our narrator was played by Aria Song. The woman was played by Heather Brister. The man in the trunk was played by Brian Lohman. Most of the music in the nightclub was composed by Roscall. And special thanks to everyone who played the crowd at the nightclub. Adapted and produced by Andrew Wardlaw. We don't often think of the word restraint when we think of monsters, nor loneliness. In Are You Sure, Maureen brings both wrapped in rich prose, and we find ourselves looking in on something we aren't supposed to see, with an extra dose of horror coming in the story's happy ending. You can find more stories like this in the pages of Lamplight Magazine. You can get a subscription on our website, and we will send ebooks to your inbox or directly to your Kindle. A subscription to Lamplight supports both the magazine and the podcast. I'm Jacob Haddon, editor of Lamplight Magazine. The Lamplight Radio Play is produced by Andrew Wardlaw and myself. You can follow us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or direct on the website, lamplightmagazine.com. If you like the show, tell your friends or leave a review on iTunes. See you next time. This is the Lamplight Radio Play. It was a Tuesday night. Carl had asked me and Seth to come out and meet him at this pub way out in the sticks. I get there and they're just sitting there at the table, not talking. Hey guys. Hey. Have a seat. What's going on? Don't know. He was waiting for you. Okay. I think I need your help. 
I, uh, I think I'm being followed. By who? I don't know. Is this like when Lucy was leaving her thong in your mailbox and no, shit? No, it's not like that. Wait, when was that? A couple of months ago. I'm being serious here? <laughs> Sorry. What's going on, Carl? I'm being followed and it wants to hurt me. Who wants to hurt you? It's like a mime. Like a what? A mime? Mind? Like a motherfucking mime. Stupid clown, white face paint, black lips. <laughs> You're making no goddamn sense. I mean, how do you even piss off a mom? I know, I know, but I'm serious. I'm serious too. You know that old theater on Coughlin Boulevard? That's all boarded up? Yeah. Sure. A few weeks ago, Lucy and I broke in. Dude! Oh, There's so many things wrong with that sentence. I know. She texted me, said, let's go check out that old theater, and I said, okay. And the front door was unlocked, so we went in. It was creepy. Old posters for burlesque shows and old vaudeville stuff. And the theater itself was a wreck. Half of it was junk and debris instead of seats. But the stage was in perfect shape. Shiny and polished like it had just been built. So we get up on the stage and start making out a little. And there's this big thud, and we both almost shit ourselves. I'm expecting the lights to go on and some guy to start yelling at me. But it wasn't that. It was just that the trap door on the stage had swung open. I went over and looked down the hole, and there were steps. And I went down them. There wasn't much down there, just some old costumes and stuff. But there was a door. I turned the doorknob and it was unlocked, but I decided, fuck this, and I went back up. When I got to the stage, Lucy was gone, but her purse was gone too. I, I figured the queen of kink just freaked out and took off. So I did too. And that's when it started. That's when what started? It started following me. The mime. Yeah, I still understand. Yeah, the mime. I first noticed it when I left the theater. I'm getting in my car, and across the street it was standing there, leaning at some impossible angle against an invisible light post or something, and then it stood up and waved at me. Now I see him everywhere, and it's threatening me. Like it points his fingers at you, goes bang bang? Yes! Among other things. Everywhere I go, it's like the feeling of that theater, like I'm slowly drowning in the wrongness of the place, and I'm sure it's going to kill me. You're worried the mime is going to kill you. I'm kidding, guys. No, I'm serious. It's just a joke. You're usually better at jokes. It's a joke. It's fucking crazy, right? This round is on me. Hey, sit back down, man. How do we help? Wait, I want to hear more about this. No, you're right. It was a bad joke. This isn't like you. I'm fine. I'm not sure about that. That's your deal. Then sit down and we'll hang out. I gotta run. Carl. Okay, look. I just got other shit going on. It's messing with me. I'll text you as soon as I get home. And when you wake up in the morning. Okay. See ya. What the fuck was that? We should call someone. His boss? Does he have any family here? We decided to text him when we got back home, and then we'd keep tabs on him the next day. Like, shoot him a text every hour. He wrote us back that night and said he was fine. I apologize for acting weird. The next day, Carl was dead. His carpool buddy came to pick him up, 
and he was lying dead at the bottom of the stairs. Well, the police said it was an accidental fall. There was no sign anyone else had been there, no sign to struggle, and a bunch of empty beer bottles on the coffee table. They were so confident that it was an accident that when it came to testing his blood samples, they pretty much put it at the end of the line. They say it could be eight months before they tell us anything. What? How? They said it's the normal wait time for this kind of autopsy in this county. I mean, that's that's just weird. I know. So, what do you think about what Carl was telling us? Yeah, I don't know. Me neither. I started looking into that theater. It's the Dionysus Theater, and it's pretty fucked up, dude. Fucked up how? Seriously fucked up. So let me tell you why the Dionysus Theater is so fucked up. The Dionysus Theater was built in the early 1800s for an eccentric elite. Minstrels, burlesque shows, wild avant-garde shows that played short, semi-secret runs. The theater had a small but devoted circle of fans, and everyone else either hated it or was afraid of it. Once radio came on the scene, it mostly sat dormant, but it was never torn down, even becoming a designated historical site in the 70s. Then in 1982, six teenagers chose the theater for the location of a murder-suicide pact. All six of them died on the stage, where Carl and Lucy were making out. It's been abandoned ever since. It can't be torn down because it's an historical site, so the historical society is in charge of its upkeep. I gotta say, that's the last place I'd go to make out. Yeah. We shouldn't have let him go home that night, man. I feel like we betrayed him. I know. It's all I think about. Yeah, me too. After Carl died, I, I couldn't sleep. And when I did, the dreams were terrible. In most of them, I'd be dreaming a normal dream, and Carl would be there. He'd explain that he wasn't dead, and it was all a mistake, and we'd hug or high-five, and... And then I'd notice that he was wearing white face paint and his clothes were all black and his head was bent at this weird angle and I'd wake up. During the daytime, out of the corner of my eye, I saw glimpses of a black figure that disappeared the moment I looked at it. But I just figured it was me being tired. I haven't done shit like this since middle school college for me. Seth was having similar problems, so the day before Carl's funeral, we decided to check out the theater ourselves. Oh. I had to use the flashlight on my phone. There was a ticket booth inside the lobby, with velvet ropes hanging from the poles, and the ropes were crumbling and rotting. And there were posters on the walls, and they were messed up. There was one of nearly naked preteens with these really weird gold masks on. I think they had a play called The Kink in Yellow? That sounds fun. It doesn't look fun. Check it out. Oh, fuck that. Let's check out the stage and get out of here. Yeah. The theater was exactly as he described. Half the seats were gone. I mean, the red curtains were still hanging but falling apart. It stank like a moldy thrift store. We walked up to the stage and we're hanging out at the edge of it. Looks brand new, like he said. 
Now, where's the trap door he mentioned? Quite impressive, isn't it? S sorry, uh, we're, we're just, uh... It's okay. I'm Shelley Carterhouse. I work for the Historical Society. This was such a beautiful place once. We even had a president visit once. Wow. You can tell. This theater in particular was known for its utmost dedication to upholding the traditional artistry of Commedia dell'arte. The costumes, the masks, the Zani characters. Oh, it was really something. What about mimes? Mimes? <laughs> only the purest forms of mime in this theater. Creating and changing the world using only gestures. Like those little movements were wizardry. How come the stage is in such good shape? It's newer than the rest. Rebuilt in 49. You can walk on it. It's safe. I'm, I'm good here. Sure. God, it looks damn good for 70 years. Is there a trap door? No, I don't think so. I heard a rumor that a bunch of kids killed themselves here. That is true. Some sort of ritual. Yeah, I, I don't see a trap door. Nick, let's go. Thanks for talking to us. My pleasure. Thank you. I did sleep better that night, but the trip to the theater was absolutely a mistake. The next day was the funeral, and it was awful. After that, there was a wake at his cousin's house. Hey, dude. Hey. So, uh, come with me. Outside. Real quick. We went out to the front porch. Okay, look. Where? There. There, over there. Come, come, come here, you see it? No. It's gone now. It was looking through imaginary binoculars. And then when it saw me, it acted surprised and stepped away. That thing that Carl saw? It's making fun of me for looking for it. Hey, man, are you okay? For now? Yeah. Carl had like a week, right? Dude, it's probably just bad luck or insomnia and shit. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm good. Let's, uh, let's head back in. A couple hours later, as the wake was wrapping up, and after Seth had already left, I made a phone call. Historical Society, how may I help you? Hi, I'm calling for Shelley Carterhouse. I'm sorry, who? Shelley Carterhouse. Um, there's no one here by that name. This is the Historical Society, right? Well, yes, it is. I met her at the Dionysus Theater a few days ago, down on Coughlin Boulevard. Yeah, I know the theater. Um. I'm just not showing any Kelly or Shelley Carter houses or anything similar in our directory. Bullshit! We, we met her, right? Yeah. It gets worse. I googled her. One of the victims of that suicide pact was named Michelle Carterhouse. Fuck. I'm so fucked. It's that goddamn theater. I know it. The next three days were spent researching. And who are you? Just someone curious about theater history. I even went down to the university and talked with their professors Can in I the theater department. questions about the Dionysus Theater? Absolutely. What do you want to know? The original theater of Dionysus Eleutherius goes all the way back to 600 BC. Dionysus was a Greek god of plays, but also merriment, wine, fertility. His cult was focused on drinking as much wine as possible. Sounds like the god of stupid college kids. Well, that theater was actually the birthplace of Greek tragedy. Tell me about the history of mimes. Were they ever 
evil? No, they weren't evil. Originally, they weren't the clown-like characters of today. The actors were highly trained. Their movement had precision you'd expect from a kung fu master today. They conjured the whole story with movement. Been around, evolving for thousands of years. They'll never go away completely. I've been doing some research over the past few days. What'd you find? Here's a blurb from an article about the cult. According to their writings, authorities believe they wanted to conjure and control a race of beings from another dimension. That should sound ridiculous. I see it every time I look outside now. It tumbled down a flight of stairs and broke its neck. You know, like Carl. I've been looking up exorcisms and protection spells and crap, but none of them really fit. We've got to try something. Yeah, I know something I can try. Tonight, a three-alarm fire and a historic site reduced to ashes. The old Dionysus Theater was set aflame last night. Well, the next the night, an arsonist set fire to the Dionysus Theater. Arson and are asking help from any residents. The news said it burned to the ground. Seth and I went to check it out. Wow. Damn. They had erected a set of chain-link fences, and beyond that, it was just a pile of rubble. So it looks like the stage was wiped out. Is, is that what you think? Can't say for sure, but yeah, it would have to be. I didn't hear much from Seth for the next week, other than a couple of texts saying, I, I think it's fixed, and I slept last night. Then... It's back. I need you to come pick me up. Holy shit! It's, it's doing shit now! Hey, are you okay? I think it's just messing with me, but get over here. It doesn't happen when I'm not alone. Okay, I'm, I'm coming. I'm coming. I drove over to his place, and from the outside, everything looked fine. He lived in a small apartment complex on the second floor. The light was off in his place, and one of the windows was open. Nothing looked broken. Nick! Nick! He came hustling out of the front door Nick! to me. I'm so, I'm so glad you're here, man. Are you okay? I, I, think it's, I think it's just fucking with me. What's going on, man? It's like throwing stuff at my windows. It, it was at my window. Like, at my window. Right outside it somehow with a slingshot. Hey, you want to crash at my place tonight? Dude, that'd be great. Okay, look, I'm parked right around the corner. Shouldn't have let Carl go home, man. I really screwed up. It wasn't just you. My car window broke. Shit, dude. Seth's looking across the street, and then I see it. Dressed in black, white face. His skin is twisted. It's burnt. I think the fire got to him, but just not enough. It's loading an imaginary arrow on an imaginary bow, and it aims it right at us. Don't follow. It shot him. And he dropped to the ground. But then he's up on his feet again, scrambling away. But he's hurt. It fires another arrow. Seth's on the ground, trying to stand up. The mime approaches him, stands right over him, and swings an imaginary hammer. Or maybe it was an axe. Then it opened up an imaginary trap door and it looked right at me. It gave a little wave and dropped inside and disappeared. Seth, Seth. Oh my God, oh my God. 
I'll tell the police that I just arrived and found him like this. Fuck. They'll believe me. They'll determine that it was a suicide because directly above his body is his balcony, and he leapt off. They were so confident they said it would be months before they even analyzed the blood samples. So yeah, two of my friends asked for my help and are dead now. I can tell you that if I see this thing again, I'm not telling a soul. Not a soul. I'm not crazy. That was The Mime, based on the story by Mary San Giovanni, found in Volume 2, Issue 3. Nick was played by Jamie Alvera, Seth by Mani Ali Ahmed, Carl Jamal Douglas, Shelley Carterhouse by Marlee Kandel. The news reporter was Garrett Thane, the professors Nima Rad, Kate Torrey, and a special cameo from Amy Sutton of the Saga of the European King, which is a funny, sharply written audio drama that you should all go check out. The music in the bar was from the band Transpanda. The score was composed by Greg Myers, adapted and produced by Andrew Wardlaw. When I spoke to Mary Sanjivani about this piece, she talked about the training and precision required to be a mime, and it struck her how that resembled casting a spell, and hence, this story was born. You can find more like this in the pages of Lamplight Magazine. You can get a subscription on our website, and we'll send ebooks to your inbox or Kindle. I'm Jacob Haddon, editor of Lamplight Magazine. The Lamplight Radio Play is produced by Andrew Wardlaw and myself. You can follow us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or direct on the website, lamplightmagazine.com. See you next time. This is the Lamplight Radio Play. Confirm, this is a 100-year jump. Confirming 100-year jump. Confirm, you'll have one hour before retrieval. Confirming, one hour. Ready? Ready. See you soon. See you soon. Immediate side effects from the jump were headache and blurry vision. Shit. Vision improved in a minute or two. I don't recall when the headache went away. Okay. Okay. I landed in a jungle. Big trees, maybe 50 to 60 feet tall. It was humid enough to be Florida, but there were no buildings I could see anywhere. I don't think I'm in Stockbridge. Or the town was completely wiped out a long time ago. I need to find clothes. I decided to head downhill. That usually leads to water. Water usually leads to people. Having no clothes or shoes slowed me down too. These cuts on my body are mostly from pushing through the forest. It felt like a long hike before I found the building. Found a structure, uh, single story, cinder block walls, really overgrown. It was more like ruins than a building. Inside, the roof was gone. Pieces of it were on the floor. A couple of sproutling trees were growing in the middle of it. Well, there's nothing here that tells me anything. Other than that 
People stopped using this a long time ago. Could you see any computers? No. What about electrical sockets? I didn't look for electrical sockets. Okay, next time, look for electrical. Yes, ma'am. Let's let Corporal Elliot tell us her account and then ask questions. I'm sorry. Please go on. At that point, I guessed that I had probably spent most of my 60 minutes, and if I was going to learn anything new in the time I had left, I needed to change strategy. So I found a tree that seemed taller than most of the others and started climbing. Uh, so I almost bumped into the web of a spider. And the spider is about as big as my hand. Big fella. I got above the canopy and I had a good view. (laughs) Visibility was several miles at least. Wow. All I saw was the tops of trees. Oh, wow. To the horizon, in every direction. (gasps) Wow. Then the machine dragged me back. And she's back! Corporal Elliot, do you know where you are? How are you feeling? She looks like she's gonna pass out. Let me some room, guys. Next thing I remember is waking up in the hospital. And how do you feel now? Fine. Headaches? My wrist and arm hurt from the surgery. I'm sorry, what surgery? The surgery to remove the voice recorder. It's getting better. Okay, there's surely been some kind of error here. It sent you to the wrong time. I don't know about that. It's a fucking disaster. I think it's a miracle. That's a first step. I didn't sell this on exploring forests. Don't oversell next time. Hey, can I talk with you for a bit? Uh, Lieutenant Ben Merritt, by the way. You my psychiatrist? Psych support officer, technically, but sure. I have a question about your experience, if you don't mind. Shoot. How did it feel? (laughs) Look, I know you're just doing your job, but I'm fine. I don't need... No, I, I know. They wouldn't have sent you if you weren't tough, but that's not what I meant. I meant... What was it... What was it like? <laughs> it felt great. It was beautiful. Yeah? Yeah. It's kind of nice to know there comes a time when we return the Earth to a natural state. Hmm. I'll bet. So, listen, uh, I'm supposed to do an evaluation to make sure you're mentally fit to continue, but after hearing your debrief, I don't see the point. Good job. With everything. Thanks. I don't usually like shrinks. Me neither. See you around. See ya. How's your overall health today? Good. Any colds, runny nose, headache? Nope, all good. How's that arm? Was healing up great until they implanted the recorder and cut it all open again. That shit's invasive. I'm fine. If you're feeling healthy, you have my clearance. Thanks, Doc. Okay, she's good. Thank you. How long till we can do this? Less than a minute. Lieutenant Merritt. Don't look so nervous. This is just how I look when I'm bored. How long is this one? Two hours. Calm down. A dog, a pig, and a monkey all went for four hours. Came back fine. I'm sure they were just as bored by it as I am. Okay, we're ready. Corporal Elliot, any questions? No, sir. You have to do a better job dictating in the recorder. Yes, sir. I've been briefed, sir. Good. Step behind the curtain, disrobe, and tell us when you're in position. In position. Confirm. This is a 50-year jump. Confirming a 50-year jump. Confirm. You'll have two hours before retrieval. Confirming. Two hours. Ready? Ready. 
see you soon. <coughs> Side effects are better this time. My vision's clearing pretty quick, I think. Okay, I'm pretty sure this is Stockbridge. I'm standing on what used to be a sidewalk next to a road. Everything is overgrown. There's trees growing up through cracks in the asphalt. All the street signs are down, but I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm on Brayburn Street. I'm guessing this place was abandoned a very long time ago. I crossed over to what is today a residential neighborhood. It was in a similar state as the first street. Most of the houses are standing, but falling apart. Part of the road is washed out. I approached some of the houses that were standing, but I felt it wouldn't be safe to enter any of them. I'm gonna head to the post office. How much time did you spend looking around the houses? Maybe 10 minutes, 20 minutes. 10 minutes to 20 minutes. How did you expect to find their technology in only 10 minutes? I didn't. Okay. I didn't think I'd find their tech in two hours either, not without people around using it. So I switched my focus to figuring out where all the people went. I've entered the front door of the post office. Lots of what used to be papers on the floor. But it's all mush. Post office was a bust. It's pitch black in the back. I'm gonna try for City Hall. It was only three miles to City Hall, but I was barefoot and the ground was broken up, so it slowed me down. By the time I got there, I figured I was almost out of time. I'm on the main steps. The glass doors are completely gone. I'm going in. I would have preferred to wait for my eyes to adjust to the dark before going in, but as I said, I was out of time. I can't see very well. I'm gonna head for the stairs behind the desk. Oh God. Oh God. Oh God, it's full. He's back. Here you go. Nice catch. Uh, so what was it that you tripped on? Skeletons, ma'am. Dozens of skeletons with what was left of their clothes. How did they die? How's she supposed to know? Well, maybe she has a theory. I have no theory, ma'am. Was it just Stockbridge that was wiped out? Okay, how's she supposed to know that either? We need details about those skeletons. I'm sorry, sir, I didn't get a good look. Sir, if I may, if you could send me back with a flashlight or tools, I might be able to learn something else. Well, unfortunately, we haven't figured out how to make that happen. Okay, let's go over this again. Where do you believe you landed? On Greyburn Street, in Stockbridge. Hey there. Hi. Can I take you to dinner? That doesn't seem professional. It's professional, and technically the Army's taking you to dinner. I need to do your evaluation, just thought we could talk over food. Or does food make people more honest or something? <laughs> it's harder, actually. People try to hide behind small talk, but it's more fun than an office. Dinner? Sure. So, I'm looking over the appetizers, and, well, I hope you like fried food. <laughs> I'm good with whatever. They have both fried potatoes and french fries. Whichever you like. You seem worse this time. It was worse this time. You can tell me about it. 
goddamn psych supports. I know, right? Look, I don't think I want to. Lieutenant Merritt. Call me Ben. Ben, I've seen death. I've seen it happen to enemies and to friends. It is what it is. We all get there at some point. But there, everyone's gone. <laughs> and it's the future. That's what's coming. Maybe it's just a possible future. Okay, I want a different future. You read my file? I have. You've done impressive things. Any soldier would have done mm, the same. Not that. Your foster parents. My parents were okay. Others had it worse. All trauma survivors say that. You know, I've counseled soldiers with severe personality disorders, PTSD, the works. They haven't experienced half the screwed up shit you have, and I don't see how someone copes as well as you have. Others had it worse. And all trauma survivors say that. But you're actually okay. You're, you're amazing. Right. Uh, it says they have deep-fried bacon mayonnaise. I think we need to make the government pay for deep-fried bacon mayonnaise. Look, you've read my file. You know I can handle this. Can I go on the next jump or not? Yes, of course. I'm declaring you fit for the jump. That was never a question. So why the questions? Look, you had a shitty day, and I know what they pay you. I just thought maybe you deserved some fried bacon mayonnaise. You can get your food to go if you want. Goddamn psych supports. What? Fried potatoes are stupid, just get french fries. And the fried mayonnaise... Bacon mayonnaise. Bacon mayonnaise, well that makes a little more sense, I guess, but hell no. Let's just get jalapeno poppers. Ooh, I don't do spicy. You know they're not actually hot, you could pretend that you're a culinary badass, while deep down, you can stay a wimp. Okay, but this is a sacrifice on my part. I'll get you a metal maid. <laughs> okay, she's cleared by medical. You need a minute? Yes, sir. Corporal Elliot? Could I have a moment, please? Of course. You should skip this part. You always look so miserable. Dinner after debrief? Look, I have to resign as your psych support. Well, that sucks. I'm sorry. I just can't stay professional in this. It's too boring. Only this part. Right. I still want to get dinner. Sir, we're ready. I wouldn't miss it. Corporal Elliot, step behind the curtain, disrobe, and tell us when you're in position. Yes, sir. In position. Confirm this is a two-year jump. Confirming a two-year jump. Confirm you'll have two hours before retrieval. Confirming two hours. Ready? Ready. See you soon. <sighs> Side effects are, uh, minimal. I'm definitely in Stockbridge. Looks basically the same as today. It's really quiet. No cars, no people. Heading to the residentials. See if I can find some clothes. Okay, I'm in the backyard of a house. I don't see anybody home. I'm going in. It reeks in here. Pile of dishes in the sink, moldy, green and black mold. Maybe that helps give a time frame. Rotting trash, going upstairs. Okay, found some clothes. Checking out this house. It smells even worse upstairs. Also, the power is off. 
Oh, God. Two bodies in the upstairs bedroom on the bed. Looks like they were hugging. Is someone there? Where are you? Hello? Ma'am? Excuse me, ma'am, I need you to wake up. Excuse me, wake up for just a moment. It's all right, I'm with the army. Can you tell me what's happening? I... I... Please, let go. I... 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 Please, let go. <laughs> ma'am? Ma'am? Are you okay? Can you hear me? Are you awake? <sighs> okay, work the problem. Going to the hospital. No! This is bad, guys. This is bad. They've hung signs on the hospital. Hospital full, please return home. Wait for assistance. Fuck. Okay, don't panic, don't panic, don't panic. What's the problem? Okay. Uh, the doors to the emergency room are stuck open. I'm gonna go investigate. Hello? Anyone here? Yes, we're here. What's going on? Tell me you brought supplies. No, I'm sorry. Oh. I'm sorry. We can't take any more patients. Um, you should go home. I'm not a patient. I just want to know what's going on. Where have you been? Far away. What's happening? Stay away from me. Stay away from everyone. Go back to wherever you came from. If you haven't been in contact with anyone, you might stand a chance. Okay, but tell me what's happening first. It's a virus. It stays dormant two to three months. But it's extremely contagious, okay? Skin contact, breath, almost anything. Like how long of a touch? It doesn't take much. You really should get away from here. Go back to wherever you were hiding. Well, one last question. Yes. When did it start? The first case was about 22 months ago. 22. <sighs> hey, you don't want to go in there. I need a pen and a scalpel. I'll get them for you. Just stay here. God damn it. You go. I think you should get away from here. Okay. I hope you guys don't hear this, but if you do, stay away from me. Stay away from anyone who hasn't stayed away from me. Tell Lieutenant Merritt. Tell him thank you. Elliot? Where are you bleeding from? Yes. Whoa, whoa. She needs Back help. Up. Back up! She needs help! Don't touch her. Look at her, she- Don't touch her! Lieutenant, don't touch her. So what, you're just not gonna do anything? She told us not to. What are you talking about? Look at her. She wrote don't touch me all over her body. I think she's already dead. We should listen to her.
That was There Comes a Time, based on the story by J.J. Green. Karis was played by Briarly Bishop. Ben was Aaron Veach. The medic was Elisa Diane. The generals were Curtis Webster and Judith Anazine. The hospital nurse was Scott Segrin. The lab tech was Gregory Crafts. The woman in the house was Elizabeth Ashby Mitchell. The boom operator was Alex Emerson. Adapted and produced by Andrew Wardlaw. Stories about time travel open a whole realm of possibility, of danger, parallel, and paradox. We travel to the past to find out answers. We travel to the future to see where we are going. In There Comes a Time, Green sets up a mystery where we get to do both. First to the future and to that future's past to find out what went wrong. You can find more stories like this in the pages of Lamplight Magazine. You can get a subscription on our website and we will send ebooks to your inbox or directly to your Kindle. A subscription to Lamplight supports both the magazine and the podcast. I'm Jacob Haddon, editor of Lamplight Magazine. The Lamplight Radio Play is produced by Andrew Wardlaw and myself. You can follow us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or direct on the website, lamplightmagazine.com. If you like the show, tell your friends or leave a review on iTunes. See you next time. And that's our show for this week. Make sure you're catching up on your Nadzrim goals this year. How are you doing, Jack? I don't know if I can make it. Can you check in with me next week? <laughs> Certainly. It's a date. So until next week, where we hang out with the other 1%, I'm David Alt. And I'm Jack Ward. One month left, folks. Good night. The Sonic Society is written and produced weekly by Jack J. Ward and David Alt, with original music by Sharon B. at SharonB.com. All features, interviews, and audio drama shorts are owned completely by their originators and provided to the Sonic Society by Creative Commons Licensing. The Society itself originates from Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada. Thanks for listening. This has been an Electric Vicuna production. Hi, this is John Bell. They say a picture is worth a thousand words. In my podcast, Bells in the Battery, I usually surpass a thousand words. Why does he? But for every episode, there is also a picture. You mean the itty-bitty picture that you see when you bring up the episode? Yes, that's called a thumbnail. They're drawn on thumbnails? But now you can see all the thumbnail pictures in large format by going to the Bells in the Bat Free Gallery. Just go online to thebatfree.com. That's T.
T-H-E-B-A-T-F-R-Y dot com. And click on gallery. That's G-A-L-L-E. I think they can figure that out. You'll see all the pictures for all the episodes that were created by Jeff Music, along with other guest artists like the Lavalie Brothers and famous animation director Dan Reba. Well, he knows one celebrity, and he really wants you to know about it. You'll also see lots of fan art over the years and a few surprises. So when you're in the mood for a picture instead of a thousand words, especially his words, go to thebatfree.com and click on gallery. And be sure to clean your thumbnails before viewing. 